0: Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here for episode 208, the Wildcard Weekend DFS Walkthrough and Breakdown. Here, of course, with Byron Lambert. Byron, what the hell's going on, brother? Oh man, just trying to
1: keep a nice tan for you guys.
0: <laughs> I was noticing you got you got the old. Um, what is Rack it kind of, yeah you've been out what what have you been out fishing for
1: i has been had i had the ski goggles on no i'm just kidding man just <laughs> uh endless summer around here man so i'm taking I actually it. got a nice snook on the hook the other day on a live pinfish i just caught on a shrimp it was it was pretty epic
0: that's that's the trifecta to catch to catch your own bait and then reuse the bait right yeah, man,
1: I still got a lot to learn out here, but the Pompano are starting to show up on the scene, so that's next on the menu, a real quintessential Florida uh, table fair.
0: My daughter, you'll love this. I'm sure the people are going to hate it, but I know she made, she made me yesterday write a reminder. I got to go fishing, fishing with Dash today because she was jealous that Merritt got to go fishing on, uh, on, on Christmas.
1: Well, so sometimes those kind of things just run in your bloodlines, man. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, anyway, uh, we'll get to it. This is the uh, wild card breakdown again. You can hear this all with a um, with a subscription to the Roster Watch podcast. Uh, go check us out on Apple Podcasts. If you found us here on YouTube or Periscope or wherever for all of our content, there uh, we will start out with. Um, let's see. I guess we'll just go through the games, right? You don't want to go position by position. Let's go game by game, right? I
1: don't think that's the format we're most accustomed to.
0: Buffalo Bills at Houston Texans. We have a 43 and total in this game after opening at 42. The Texans are two and a half point favorites. 47% of the tickets are on the under, along with 62% of the money. We have uh, 52% of the tickets on the Houston Texans, only 45% of the money. So a little bit of public – a tiny little bit of public sentiment there for the Texans, but the Sharps don't really seem to be with them. I was telling Trash Man I thought that the Bills might 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 kick the Texans' ass. Um, it will be interesting to see. I just – with this game, as far as the DFS plays – on the texan side we now have tredavius White who's saying that he is not he doesn't anticipate shadowing uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Last I checked DeAndre Hopkins probably going to be like 20 to maybe 25% owned in this deal. I think that I think that's maybe a little too high with how everybody's going to be on Michael Thomas and it's really hard to pay it for two of these guys, but I think that with no tredavius that you know that could make people more interested in him, especially considering the fact that Will Fuller, you know, we had the James Palmer report on NFL Network last night saying he's looking like he's very, very iffy to go. So um, DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, Kenny Stills, like I said, or like I was talking earlier, man, how many times can we fall for that old banana in the tailpipe, right? Whenever Will Fuller can't go, Kenny Stills is lined up for a big game. We don't always get it. Um, but I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Like on that side, it's like Deshaun Watson's probably not going to be too, too heavily owned, but it's, it's a, it's a good defense, despite the fact we're not going to get Trey White uh, shadowing. I don't think anybody's going to play Carlos Hyde or Duke Johnson, even on a short slate, maybe making them a little bit intriguing for contrarian plays. And then, uh, well, I don't know. What, what do you have on the Texans side? How do you see this thing shaking out? Do you think the Texans should be two and a half point favorites?
1: I'm in home, but I'm with you. I I very well could see the Bills pulling this one out. Um, on the Texans side, I'm hands off of DeAndre Hopkins. He just hasn't had the type of season that uh, supports me going in on him in this matchup. And then, you know, look, where I've encountered some, uh, uh, some obstacles, some adversity in uh, constructing my DFS lineups this week is Finding a hand, a couple of the really cheap guys that I can get comfortable with is to get some of the other guys in. You're, you're going to need them. So, in that case, I found myself, I could be completely out of the Houston side of things, but I've found myself pivoting to Duke Johnson just at a cheap price point. I think it's kind of a low risk deal. It could be a game script that goes to his favor. You know, if you look back on a PPR basis, he certainly had viability that can pay off in a DFS setting this year in the right circumstances. So, not super bullish on him, but. In the end, that may be the Texan I have the most exposure to, just trying to find a cheap out uh, in uh, some of my lineups there. And then on the other side of the ball, I mean, Josh Allen's my favorite play on the entire slate.
0: Whoa, really? Okay. Yes. Oh.
1: Josh Allen's an awesome fantasy. He's been a good fantasy quarterback. It's a good game
0: script. I mean, J.J. White coming back.
1: but It's a great game script, potentially, for Josh Allen, and he's kind of the engine behind that whole thing. So I expect him to do plenty of running around. You're hearing all the chatter recently about how much of a gamer and a quote-unquote football player he is. That's what I expect to see out of him. In this matchup. So when I look at the slate and all the quarterbacks available to me, it's just Josh Allen comes into focus as the clearest cut option. And I'd say there's plenty of upside to boot. And then, uh, you know, a little bit probably, you know, Devin Singletary may not have the upside I'm totally looking for, but certainly, Another rock solid play on the slate—a guy I'm very, very comfortable with. I won't say he's my favorite guy like Josh Allen, um, but if I'm not in my lineups that don't contain Josh Allen, I'll almost certainly have Devin Singletary. Um, there's a chance for me. I don't be great. think that.
0: The, I don't think there's any reason. I mean, well, you've told me. I mean, you said this, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You play them all. You
1: should play I, them all, right? Yeah, you could stack it like that. I know you. You know, you had that kind of theory with the Will Greer Christian McCaffrey thing in recent weeks. And I mean it's well, it was more you've Kyle explained Allen to me that, that, that yeah, that, that can work. So yeah, I could see that. So those are those are probably my two favorite guys from that matchup. Josh Allen, my favorite guy on the slate. And then, you know, at first you're saying, well, if I'm gonna get Josh Allen in, I'm probably gonna want to get John Brown in on this matchup. But once again, I find myself after I get the guys in that I really like, even though some of them aren't overly expensive, I need a cheap guy or two and um at that point you end up coming back around to uh you know having a look at Cole Beasley as maybe the sneakier, cheaper option that could also serve you very well in a PPR setting in this type of matchup.
0: Cole Beasley's only 400 less, right? I I, I think Brown I'm trying to save
1: money wherever I can in some of well, these I, things, but yeah. shit.
0: I know I I I know you. I know that's 100 percent true. Um but the uh but the um 5600 for Cole Beasley just se- doesn't doesn't seem like enough and if you look at it, you know any of the stuff from like football outsiders sports info solutions the 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 Texans have been getting murdered by these receivers over the middle of the field that's like the soft underbelly of the of the defense it's like the Achilles heel is over the middle of the field and that to me just sounds like a Cole Beasley monster waiting to happen in a PPR setup like DraftKings I mean Dude, he, I mean, listen, listen to his targets going back to week 12. Nine, seven, seven, six, 12. And then of course, you know, he didn't, he didn't play, he didn't play uh in week 17. But uh, pretty huge target floor for the matchup that we're gonna get here for Beasley. And he's one guy who I actually, I'm actually, you know. I'm going to try everything I can to get Colby's I'm going to try to get Cole Beasley in, in my lineups on DraftKings. I don't think it's quite the same over on FanDuel. Let's see on uh, on FanDuel. He is I can't I remember him maybe not being quite as quite as good an option over there, but I could be could be wrong. No, I mean, he's 6,300 on FanDuel. So only 1% of your salary savings, but it's still a, a little bit of savings. Nowhere near the savings you'll get on Michael Thomas or somebody over there who we'll get to. But, yeah, like Cole Beasley, um, like John Brown, I do like Josh Allen, too. It's just for me, whenever you – th- I think I think the way I get on Josh Allen is if I play Cole Beasley and John Brown, right, in a lineup of Michael Thomas, Beasley, John Brown lineup, maybe you could get away from starting Breeze there in that one. But I do think that um, – I just the price. You
1: got to start both wide receivers. You think I just say Josh Allen's a guy who can get a lot of action on the ground. You know, so he could have a rushing touchdown and sixty yards rushing, and one receiver could break out. It
0: might not be understood. I mean, but what I'm saying is I've, I've I've played with lineups that have both those wide receivers in them, and. Whenever I do, I find myself I'm like, well, why why am I not playing Josh Allen in this spot? And the reason is, is because I mean, ultimately, don't you you don't think that Drew Brees is a better play in the dome against the horribly shitty Minnesota Vikings defense uh, for just for just one hundred dollars more? He might be.
1: He's my other quarterback core quarterback play of the week i just okay what well, sounds like Allen in this matchup man i think it's going to be a shootout till the end i mean the the saints are big favorites at home i know it's a higher game total i mean they could go either way it could be a big i looked back kirk cousins in week i think it was vikings in week 12 last year it was at home against the saints i mean cousins Diggs, stealing all did pretty well in that game so i mean it it, it could be a big shootout that forces drew Brees's hands i feel like drew Brees has let us down in a few spots this year where you thought? I mean, I know he's at home, which is a big deal. Um, I like Brees. I like Brees. I just uh, Josh Allen is like a guy. I feel like bottom line, he's he's going to deliver a, a like a serviceable to pretty good fantasy game.
0: Yeah, it's and I think you're going to get him at a little bit less ownership because it seems like the Houston Texans, when you look at optimizers across the industry, are popping off as the defense. It looks like it's going to be the chalk, and we should also note that on. Four-game slates like this, we don't necessarily have to take correlation and stuff into, into – We, by necessity, we can't take correlation uh, into quite as big account as we would otherwise. We certainly want our lineups to be as correlated as they can be, but you're going to have to start, you know, one running back on one team versus a running back on the other team or, you know, have to start a defense against one of your players and stuff. Like, it's once, as the pool of plays that we have is now cut in half by like a quarter – or by we're we're one quarter of what our normal pool of players is it's kind of down uh,
1: to picking the best plays a little more yeah
0: and and maybe just not saying like it has to be perfectly correlated And like i have a great lineup here where i love everything but i gotta switch it up because my third wide receiver is going against my defense like you can't think about it like that this week um any like any any picks on this game that you think are like? Do you like the over or the under? What's the over under forty three and a half? Houston's two and a half point favorites. If you were putting on your gambling hat, you, you, got, you got, probably
1: you got. over, right? I mean, that's if I'm going to like this game, I'm thinking that's going to be some points in this one.
0: Shout out to our boy Ani, our producer Ani Sridhar, from the Serious Show, showing up here in the chat, I guess on Periscope. He's asking if Kiki QT is it viable, cheap play? And for me, I, like, I'm not going to play him. I, we we should probably should have mentioned the cheap, um, the cheap Texan options that could come into play at wide receiver three. And I just – I love Kiki Cutie. I mean, Ani, you know that we love Kiki Cutie. You booked him for our radio show before. <laughs> like, he's a he's – a, you know, that's a golden son. But they, they, they hate him. I mean, he's been a healthy scratch, and there have been some games where we've expected him to be able to go, and he doesn't. To me, I think that the, do, do do you think it's DeAndre Carter, Byron? If you're going to go that go that cheap, I think it probably is. I mean, this is
1: where I've been struggling a little bit is finding like that one or two just uber cheap guys that I can uncover this week. I kept arriving at Duke Johnson, but that's just maybe because you know f- you know familiarity kind of breeding you know uh, some. Um, some interest. DeAndre
0: Carter 100% of snaps last week. Uh let's see. We let's see what it was. Week week 16. So week 16, which was more like this week's going to be with a healthy DeAndre Hopkins and healthy Kenny Stills 44% of snaps for that guy. So maybe he had two targets, two receptions for 44 yards. Uh I believe he's like 31 or 32 hundred. So I I I wouldn't play Kiki, but look on a slate like this, you might have to play somebody kind of weird, you know, to be able to get there so if I'm if I'm pulling, throwing the dart on the super weird play, it's not going to be in Darren Fells here. I think it would maybe be on DeAndre Carter on that side, and then on the Buffalo on the Buffalo Bills side. I don't even I don't even know. I mean, it's Brown and it's Beasley, and it's like Byron said with the threat that's inherent to playing Josh Allen anyway. You know, finding his stacking partners that aren't going to swindle you um, via his rushing upside down at the goal line. Like that's a tough sell as it is, and so the deeper and deeper we... I mean, we, we didn't even mention Dawson Knox. Are you, are you going to play Dawson Knox?
1: I mean, uh, no. I mean, he well, could. The, the, the
0: reason why I ask is, is on DraftKings, he's, he's 2,900. And when we compare that to just the shittiest bottom of the barrel, I know you hate two tight end flexes or like yeah. a double tight end, a double barrel tight end. But just, just consider way. it. Well, if you're, in, if you're getting down to where your last piece and your flex... I have a feeling that you're pro- if you're building lives like me, I have a feeling you're probably getting to the point where your flex is just you're looking at these guys, these super super cheap wide receivers and stuff, and why not get a guy like you know Dawson Knox, who the team sees as a clear. St- I mean, they sat him out last week when he was healthy, along with the rest of the studs. So, I, I mean, I don't know. It's a reasonable I, like, I,
1: idea. I mean, just you know when you. I'd make sure that if I was doing that as in one of my Josh Allen lineups. So if I get in a Josh Allen lineup where I just, I keep running over my budget and I've got to find a way to cut, you know, and I just can't, and I could pivot off of him. And there's really only a couple other tight ends I like this week. So if I got to come off those guys, it's a sensible play to make. I guess it's a pretty low risk at 2,900. If he gets a touchdown, you're feeling pretty good. I think it's pretty possible, right?
0: Ani's asking if he's a good pivot off Goddard. I mean, I, I don't think – he doesn't project with the median baseline anywhere near Dallas Goddard if we're considering Zach Ertz to be out, which I, which I think he will be. And we'll get to that game soon enough. I, I almost hope Zach Ertz
1: plays and is a decoy.
0: They're not going to run him out there as a decoy with a lacerated fucking kidney, dude. Well, that's I'm, just that's, like – You're,
1: you're probably him. right. I'm just saying I'd, I'd I, I think I might actually hope if he was out there but very, very limited –
0: yeah, well it, it would take all the like Dallas Goddard's gonna be so heavily owned because it's basically like we're getting Zach Ertz in a good matchup here with all the wide receivers hurt for fifty two hundred.
1: I mean those guys had yeah, nineteen Dallas Goddard targets is, in in week, what was that, week eight at home against Seattle? Nineteen dude, dude, the targets the matchup, for Goddard and Ertz. Yeah. So
0: I forgot that the matchup tool has Seattle is one of like the best matchups in the whole league for opposing tight ends. It's uh it's been it's been really, really good.
1: I mean, Dallas We're, Goddard's the chalk. I, mean, I said Josh Allen my ever played on the play. I mean, it seems to me when I look at the slate that Dallas Goddard currently is the chalk I mean, Maybe along with Michael Thomas. I mean, but Goddard is the obvious play to me.
0: Yeah. So, I, like to answer Ani, I don't think that Dawson Knox is a good, necessarily a great pivot off of Goddard, but I, I think it's f- probably fine. I think I think it's a four game slate, man. Anything's fine if you're playing in this tournament. Any of these. Like, do you remember the, the three game slate? On well, week 16, Byron, whenever it was just the most obvious thing in the world to play Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller against the fucking Bucks, and just stack that game. And, what ha- and then as the, after that game's over, what you say is like, it's a three-game slate. Like, why Those am I in a I large think- field fucking tournament playing all the obvious plays like that, right? So, I mean, anything can happen, but we're just here to, here to, here to help educate you and help, make, help you make your own best decisions based on your style of play. All right. Tennessee at New England, 44.5 is the total. That's up actually from 44. We have 56% of the tickets on the over and 79% of the money on the over. So A tiny bit of public sentiment here is that this game should go over, but uh, the sharp money has been pounding the over. It's, the line's moved up a half a point. New England remains a five-point favorite in this deal. Basically 50-50 on whether the people who are on New England or on Tennessee. The splits for the uh, quarterbacks, you know, in their first time in the playoffs, which Ryan Tannehill is versus the Patriots, are absolutely abysmal. But Ryan Tannehill has been leading probably the best offense in football besides the Baltimore Ravens ever since he started. Right. And like been doing so on pretty pretty little volume and been getting really boom plays from A.J. Brown. I don't know if we can expect it this week. I'll be sure to hear what you think, Byron, after last week with Devontae Parker, what he did against Stephon Gilmore. Do you think A.J. Brown can do it, too? Or does Belichick say, fuck, no, we're not going to let this happen two weeks in a row. Um, Do they bracket him? And then what does that say? Like, All right. So we had Belichick this week. He's talked about A.J. Brown. He talked about Janu Smith, which we need to pay attention to for when Who becomes a free agent because he said that Janu Smith is the best tight end in the league with the ball in his hands is what he said about Janu. You
1: can make it a strong argument. Can um, you
0: believe Belichick said that about our boy? It's crazy. I can't man. run.
1: Janu Smith can run, man. We've always known that since we scouted him at the Senior Bowl. We've been high. We thought he was a Delaney Walker Jr. He's got more speed than that.
0: Yeah. And Corey Davis has, 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 has melted Stephon Gilmore's face once. No Adam Humphreys in this game. Maybe the cheap one of the cheap plays that we could consider would be Tajay Sharp. Because I could see Belichick saying, like, I'm worried about Brown. We can't let Davis do it to us again. Because you remember Corey Davis had the Randy Moss game versus the Patriots, right? Um John, who's the best tight end in the league with the ball in his hands. Let's let this asshole Tajay Sharp beat us. Because it's not going to be Derrick Henry. I, would, I mean, we're probably we're, we're burying the lead there. I think it's going to be hard for Derrick Henry to have another game like he did last week versus the versus the Texans, for sure. Um, but that that's kind of weird, though. We're talking about the Titans, and that's a lot of options for um, Belichick to have to decide, like, who's going to be shutting it down. I mean, how do you see it? How, how, how do you see this going on the Titans side? Not very well. <laughs> right I mean you think me, that, do you think that New England is gonna do, do, do you think New England is gonna get gonna get the easy win at home I don't think it's gonna be an easy win but I expect them to
1: put an end to this little run out of Tennessee or at least to make it not as pretty as it's been out of Tennessee and out of Tannehill later. I mean, for me, when I look at this matchup, the clear play is the Patriots defense. And then what I see behind that is a whole handful. Like this is, this is one of the matchups where you can source a couple of your really cheap guys from, you just got to figure out who the hell it's going to be. So the longer I look at it, the more I think that guy is probably Sony Michelle. I believe you can poke around on Muhammad Sunu, maybe Nikhil Harry with the rumblings we're hearing. About him this week, and then to your point, Alex. What's the
0: rumblings about Nikhil. It's just that Bill
1: Belichick. kind of heard him. Bill Belichick is ready to unleash. The Patriots are ready to unleash Nikhil Harry in the playoffs. No, he's he's. I think he may even be more expensive than Sanu on DraftKings. When you look at and Sanu's been disappointing, obviously, but I think in a playoff game, this is what they got him for. He's the kind of guy that had like he's still getting 90 percent snap count. I think the last few weeks, the targets have been there in recent weeks for Sanu. So it's all a calculated risk there. Um, I think you could consider the Burke heads, but to me, the guy that emerged was Sony Michelle. I say this is a game that Belichick's going to try to hammer Sonny Michel in. And it's a script that I believe can probably support that. So to me, the Patriots' defense and the Sonny Michel stack, even if you're not that interested in correlations, kind of emerges when I look at this one. And then when you turn it the other side, uh, I agree with you, Alex, that maybe the sneaky, cheap play from the other side of things very well could be a Tajay Sharp.
0: On the Patriots' side, I just – Rex Burkhead, James White, Sonny Michelle. Michelle
1: is cheap, man. And he's the one guy that he's the one guy that no matter what the game plan, especially in this kind of matchup, like he is a big part right out of the gate of the game plan. He's the one that's got the specific role in this situation, almost on a weekly basis. It takes the game getting out of hand or, or them not being able to run with you know find any room to run for them to get away from that so i mean that their game plan almost every week it's what i saw in training camp too i mean is to get son michelle's like they want to they want to give that guy the rock early and then if they can they'll keep pounding him if not then they'll kind of change gears you know
0: okay so i'm i'm scared to play him uh, because I just uh, – especially on DraftKings because he's not going to – it's so funny. They don't even give him a receptions prop at any of these books. He's just – he's not he's not going to catch a football. Um, it's cheap. And you looked at – yeah, but he's just 40. Yeah, I mean, what is he – he is 4600 I mean, he's cheaper than Alexander fucking Madison and Mike Boone. Who's I mean, Boston
1: Scott play. is $6,800 this week. and not to say, I mean, not to say that might not still be a good play. That, that surprised me a little bit. But it's hard to find the cheap guys, man. To me, Michelle is like one of the very few cheap guys that has a pretty clear line on some action. Whether it will manifest, I'm not sure. But I, I, I I'm firmly believe he'll get his opportunities this early, dude, he, at least early he, in the game.
0: This dude Keith Keith D sixteen in the Periscope chat is saying, "Play the song for your, for your Sony Michelle." <laughs> yeah, you gotta be, get down, you gotta get down somewhere. You yeah, I have, you have got,
1: to play some roll some trash out, man. You'll be he'll be the one playing the song on t- tomorrow when Sony well, Michelle's taking a dive into the end zone.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he could he could score twice. It, I, like, I mean, is a
1: game script that could set up for him? I mean, on the other side of things, you do think Mike Vrabel, Vrabel could have a little bit of surprise in store for Belichick I mean the Titans defense could be a, I mean yeah at some point you got to draw the line I, if you told me that was a sneaky play given how bad the Patriots offense has been and given Vrabel's familiarity and even Tannehill's familiarity and you know maybe Titans defense is this is a sneaky one-off play kind of there with Tajay Sharp and I, I we'd also mentioned Janu Smith clearly probably pretty clearly one of the tight ends coming into focus like cheap tight ends coming to focus on this slate
0: but he's just i mean he's he's in he's squarely in belichick's focus too that's when belichick says stuff like that man i I really kind of it reminds me of how he used to treat charles clay back when he was a miami dolphin
1: yeah fair enough it's a a good guy that reminds you a little bit of a charles clay with more
0: speed um okay and then at the i just just also wanted to say about sanu i'm with byron like I I don't necessarily believe all the hype about Nikhil Harry, despite the fact how how much I love him. And if, well, well, Mohamed Sanu is actually 200 cheaper. And when you look at it, it's like the last, last three weeks, he's averaging six targets a game. And I know that the, I know that they spent a first-round pick on on Nikhil Harry, right? I know that that happened, but I also know that that was a prospecting pick. That was a pick where you pick a guy, you get him in, you're not sure what you have. You work the game plans to figure out what it is that you have in him through the course of the season. He's had health concerns, all this stuff. So that's why I'm making the point. They gave up a second-round pick from, from Mohamed Sanu in the middle of the year, right? Which is to me is a different allocation of draft capital. It's not a prospecting pick. That's a pick where you have a, you, have a, you better have a fucking plan for what you're going to do targets, with this guy. Man. He's going to get the target. I mean, that's, and what, and what, and what do the Patriots plan on? They plan on the playoffs. They're like, they're like uh, Mohamed Sanu, just from a purely narrative driven standpoint, right? To go on top of the fact that he's, he's got, he's averaged six targets a week for the past three weeks. Like, from a purely narrative driven standpoint, it just it feels like very Patriots ish, especially with Edelman being banged up for Mohamed Sanu to be a guy that gets involved in some. Maybe he throws a pass or like. I well, was going to say, that's
1: the thing you can't forget about Mohamed Sanu, it's the playoffs. You know, I mean, I won't be surprised to find out he they let him throw the ball. I mean, he's he's the kind of guy could throw a touchdown. You can't bank on it, but you're looking for this miraculous cheap guy who could have a multi-touchdown game. I mean, he's the guy who can get it in a couple
0: of different ways. How worried are you about Edelman? Are you going to play him? Because Edelman in the playoffs, his target numbers go up. His reception numbers have gone up. Edelman's been just such a G and such a goat in the playoffs. And his price tag on here, especially on DraftKings, it's like, what What's the price tag? It's um, 6,500. I mean, I just could you play DK Metcalf or somebody like that for 400 less and not just find the 400 to get up to Edelman?
1: That's a good question. I mean, when you look at what DK Metcalf did against the Eagles earlier this season, it wasn't so inspiring. It makes you think maybe you get off for an Edelman instead of a PPR. I hadn't been on Edelman that much, but the more we sit here and talk about, I mean, the problem is there's just a whole slew of guys that are like 6,000 plus, and it doesn't take long. You get a handful of those guys in your lineup and you're really stuck trying to find the cheap ones. So uh, I like Edelman. He hasn't been one of my guys in focus for me to this point, but if, if you can make a lot of sense out of that, as I'm, you know, it's a, probably a reasonable play, man. I might have so, to have, revisit Edelman a little bit.
0: We got this guy Brad beat in the Periscope, um, in the Periscope chat, saying why such disrespect for Henry, the passer not beating anyone, and they don't have Gronk anymore. I don't know what having fucking Gronk has to do with with with, with Derek Henry. So,
1: but I mean, it's just I think look, he thinks the game script could set up you know, well for Derrick Henry. Right.
0: I look, man, it's like, so versus Pittsburgh in week one, James Conner got 8.5 fantasy points, uh, versus, um, Kenya Drake and Mark Walton to do anything with Miami. in week three, Le'Veon Bell got you eight fantasy points. Week four was Buffalo and no one did anything. Week five was Washington. Nobody did anything. Week six was, uh, was giants. Sands, Saquon Barkley clearly did anything. Week seven was Le'Veon Bell again, eight points. Week eight was Nick Chubb, who got you ten point three points. These are all these. I mean, Nick Chubb was Nick Chubb was right up there with Derrick Henry to be the the leading rusher in the league up until Derrick Henry's last rush of the 20, of the twenty nineteen season. Um, Mark Ingram against them, one of the bigger games. He had a thirteen point four pointer uh, against against these guys. Um, Zeke Elliott had a fourteen pointer. The only other big games that they've given up have been Duke Johnson had a big game thanks to uh, a a touchdown and and what six receptions for 17.5. And then in week 15, Joe Mixon had an an inexplicable game whenever the um, whenever that was the game when they were just beating the living shit out of the Cincinnati Bengals and they just kept on handing the ball to Mixon for some inexplicable reason. I think he had 26 carries in that game alone uh, without you know, and and three targets as well so 20, like 29 touches. So that dude that that that's why. It's like did, if you have a good running back, Bill Belichick's going to take he's going to scheme to take him away. I'm not yeah, I'm, I'm just, not paying I'm not paying the highest price on the slate for him. I mean, it's pretty, pretty, pretty simple to me. Um, I mean, I was struggling
1: I finding a high-priced running back option that I even wanted to, you know, really put in my uh, suite of trends and picks for the week. Uh, as far as our internal inputs, man, it's a hard, hard to find one. I just ultimately said, man, I'm going to play the matchups, and if I got to spend up, Dalvin Cook has the better matchup on paper than Derrick Henry, and it's a, a game where the pace could get pushed a little bit more too.
0: All right. Fair enough. Let's move on to the big one. Minnesota, New Orleans. This uh, total is up to forty nine and a half. Eighty two percent of the tickets on the over ninety three percent of the money on the over. It's in the dome. It's Drew Brees. It's Michael Thomas. It's Alvin Kamara. It's Jared Cook. It's lit. Right. Yeah, it makes you think
1: that. I mean like you can't really have more than a couple quarterback plays on the small slate. I mean, there is some consideration for putting getting a Kirk Cousins lineup in. Uh, I think either Vikings wide receiver could go have a good game if you look back they both did last year. At this point you just can't trust Thielen. And surprisingly the pricing's not that different on DraftKings on Diggs. No
0: one will play Thielen, yeah, yeah. based on this. I mean so then, that could
1: make it a weird contrarian play, but you know, if you're trying to be rational, I think you look at Diggs and you say that's probably a solid play in a game where they're eight point underdogs with a rising game total, or you can make an argument, Kyle Rudolph is a potentially solid play. I think it's a a, a decent matchup for him. Uh, In that one, if you wanted to do something a little bit sneaky and cheap at tight end, if you can't get in on Goddard and you're not ready to dumpster dive with the Dawson Knoxes of the world, I think in this situation, Kyle Rudolph starts to make a little bit of sense. And then, you know, not in love with the Vikings running backs based on the matchup. But when I was trying to look for a high-priced guy, I just kept coming back to Dalvin Cook. Yeah, people aren't going to play
0: Dal. They're not going to play Dalvin. Everybody's going to want to play Kamara. I've been I've been messing around with playing Breeze, Thomas with Dalvin. That maybe Dalvin on the other side, even though it's it's really scary because of the way the Kamara's been playing recently.
1: I mean, the Vikings going to need their big guns in this one. This is the fast track sets up perfectly for a guy like Dalvin, player I could see getting very involved in the receiving game uh, this week. So, you know, I'm not. I'm not sure how many Dalvin lineups I'll have, but if I'm trying to get an expensive running back, I'd, you know, I think he's a good place to start.
0: Well, that, well, that sounds like you're not interested in Kamara. No, I mean, I'm interested in
1: Michael Thomas and Drew Brees. And so Alvin Kamara has been, he was decent in this matchup last year as well when he was still splitting with Mark Ingram. And so there's something to like there, but I don't know, Alvin Kamara just hasn't really been doing it for us, man.
0: He's been doing it the last couple of weeks. I mean, I can. I think Camara. This, this 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 Vikings defense is bullshit.
1: Ah, that's why I want Michael Thomas and Breeze. I suppose you can. I mean, you can have Camara. I just. I don't know, man. I just overall, just the touches haven't been there for Camara. I mean,
0: it's been it's been good. It's been good lately, and they've been talking about how they need to get him back. To I mean, I I, I just I don't. I can. I could have understood your. I could have understood your point. But, well, I guess last week he did Yeah, only eight attempts last week. Two were, he did all that shit on 10 touches last week?
1: I'm telling you, man, he's not getting the touches overall. I mean, they're hard to predict. Even that game against Tennessee where I thought he was going to break out a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I think he ended up with a decent Two, game, but it was –
0: Three out of the last four weeks, he's gotten at least 17 touches. Yeah, but how
1: many t- – okay, well, that's not enough, man. I mean, it could be enough, but we need we need more. How many touchdowns have has has it, how how touchdown dependent has he been
0: recently? Over the course of the last two games, last two three probably games. probably like seventy five percent. I mean, so, I mean, there's a but, lot. To, there's... But, but we knew that th- he he was in a touchdown drought from week four to week sixteen.
1: All right. Well, I mean, you flip tails last time doesn't mean we're gonna flip heads this time, right?
0: Nice. Yeah, that's 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 certainly a cer- cer- certainly a rule of probability. I forget what that rule is called, or that or, or yeah, mutually
1: called. exclusive event. There's no yeah right. relationship between the two events.
0: It's not like a prisoner's dilemma or something like that.
1: Ah, uh, Rorschach <laughs> test. I don't
0: know. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. All right. Um, so yeah, I think we probably we, so we we got a couple of questions here. Are you worried at all? Michael Yeager asks, are you worried at all about Cook reaggravating the shoulder? That's from the YouTube chat. And Michael Yeager also says, Taysom Hill, is Swindle always worries him. So Taysom Hill is a quarterback on DraftKings, only 4,500. I, I, could, I could see weirder things than just pay, playing him and just hoping he gets you 12, a touchdown at 12 points or something. He's a, basically a men price tight end over on FanDuel. But I've toyed with the idea of playing Taysom Hill. Is if you play Taysom Hill on short slates and on showdowns and stuff this year, you probably like, and you've made a law, a rule of that, you've probably been kind of profitable. He he show he seems to show up in these island games, so um, I, I'm not I don't think I could I don't think I could ever play him. Um Brad beat this guy. We were berating earlier. Was saying that he's been a pro member for he's been a pro member for years. So thank you. Brad beat for that. We appreciate your support. And much love to you, brother. Uh, we're just explaining to you why we kind of s- didn't spend too much time on Derek Henry. All right. And this next question here on the, in the periscope chat was from T runs 10. He's asking about a Greg Ward dumpster dive. We'll get to that in one minute. When we talk about the Seahawks and the E and the uh, Eagles, so I guess we could get it to that now. Right. Oh, I wanted to mention though about Stefan Diggs monster games versus versus the um versus the saints yeah. just look at his game logs look at his last three games versus the saints it's been fucking three it's been it's been three explosions it's
1: showtime. he's on the fast track i mean it's pretty obvious play and the more you look at that the just i mean i reason to like dk metcalf but a similar price point the more i look at it maybe i'm getting a little more comfortable with stefan diggs
0: seattle at philly we have a uh we have Seattle here as one-and-a-half-point favorites. 83% of the tickets are on Seattle, minus one-and-a-half. Only 69% of the money. We have uh, Philly here that uh, has a 45 total. That's de- or I'm sorry. The game's got a 45 total. That's down for 46. Philly, um, of course, one-and-a-half-point underdogs. We have 58% of the tickets here on the under. 81% of the money on the under. So this thing is just – this thing is is the the uh, total is fall it's fallen a point since the when I looked yesterday. Money's coming in on the under, but Russell Wilson doesn't have his running backs. Uh, you know, all, all he's got is Travis Homer and the in the the mummified rotting corpse of Marshawn Lynch, who managed to somehow get in for a touchdown last week. Um, we saw, I think Jerron Brown got ruled out earlier today. So we got Tyler Lockett. We, I mean, Hollister, DK Metcalf. I, there are ways where you can see Russell Wilson saying, all right, look, I got no running game. I have to put this team on my back and the way to beat these Eagles. I mean, those those cornerbacks, who was it? Was it Avante Maddox and Cravon LeBlanc last week? That sounds like two guys that we go to like a – go watch him perform at a rave. Um, I mean, what do you like? What do you think, man? Like, I, pretty tough. I mean, call for Wilson me. could. Russell Wilson could take this game over, dude. He's a he's 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 a true goat.
1: Pretty tough call for me all week. Who QB three on the slate was? Is it Cousins? Is it Wilson? I. You can certainly subscribe to the logic that you just laid out and go Wilson. I, I, I thought long and hard about that. The more I just kind of looked back at what happened last year in this matchup, even though it was at home in the dome in Minnesota, I warmed a little more back up to cousins on that side of things. But I mean, I, I see that it's an interesting, I mean, I'm pretty much some of me thinks that no running game for the Seahawks could, you know, counterintuitively, it could have a negative effect on the offense, on the passing game. Um, we, we look back to week eight, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf didn't really do anything in that game to begin with. We'd kind of seen that trend of the Eagles' secondary improving there over the second half of the season. I, I think the last few weeks, maybe it might have come back down to earth a little bit there. Um, so, I mean, but to, to your point, if you can choose the Seahawks running back that's Gonna get in the end zone. I mean, what is the pricing on Lynch? I remember thinking he was maybe a little more than I was expecting him to be.
0: You can't play Marshall. Fifty two hundred too
1: much, man. I'm he's a guy
0: like four
1: thousand, you know what I mean? Dude, I'd rather click, play Sony you, Michelle. Click
0: on click click, click on Travis Homer's click on his little card here in, in DraftKings and just look, man. Eight targets, five he's, had, he's he's averaging six and a half targets over the course of the last two games per game. Played almost played a third of the snaps this last week. I mean, I'm sorry, two thirds of the snaps this last week. I I think I dude, I think Travis Homer's the play if you're playing one of these running backs. Why is he not
1: cheaper, man? I just it's astounding to me how expensive even some of the low end guys are this week.
0: Yeah, Um, I don't know, man. I think that that I think that's the that's the way to that's the way to do it. And on the fill on the Philly side, and what about Hollister? Just you can't find yourself getting there with. Uh, it's not
1: a good matchup, man.
0: Right. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just checking. I, I mean, it's not a good matchup. Rank your interest in the in the Seahawks outside of Wilson. Just the top two or three. Is it Lockett, Metcalf? Yeah, Palmer? man. It's. it's Yes, that, I mean that's that's. You're not on board with the Homer stuff, are you? You're just not on. Board. I,
1: I mean, maybe. I just again, I'm. That's a guy I want to look down and see his price tag at like thirty eight hundred dollars, forty one hundred. Like you know Boston
0: Scott, I mean? these last few weeks.
1: Yeah, Boston Scott's almost six thousand on this deal. I mean, so that, I mean that raises the question: What are you, are you doing? Anything on the Eagles side of with their running backs? I mean, are you just all in? I mean, I think we're all all in on Dallas Goddard. What's his ownership projection going to be? It's got to be astronomical.
0: We're getting Zach Ertz for 5,200 in a matchup where all the wide receivers are hurt. That's what Goddard is. Goddard's Zach Ertz. I mean, he's like, the guy no you
1: have to play this week. It's like he's the you know the, the Jalen Samuels or the Madison or the whatever it is of years and weeks past that was like the clear, cheap guy you had to get into your lineup, the Miles Sanders at various times. Just you know, this, mm-hmm. this week it's, it's Dallas Goddard.
0: Yeah, and w- with Miles Sanders, he's banged up. He says he's going to play. We had somebody tweet earlier in here that it was Miles Sanders' season. Um, T-Runs 10 <laughs> it was Miles Sanders' season coming up. I think that he is a Eagles fan. I'm pretty sure that this guy's an Eagles fan with the way he's talking. But the um, I don't know if I'm going to play Miles Sanders. I just feel like Boston Scott's earned a little bit of time and Jordan Howard now. Yeah. back healthy and just i feel like this could be a time where we get swindled for maybe time to pull
1: touches. the plug on sanders this week
0: yep yep he dude he dude he's he's been great but it's like it's I, i'm not gonna I'm, I'm not going to go back the one play i love byron that if we get no Zach Ertz, which it seems like it, it seems like we won't mm-hmm. is going to be josh perkins who's lining up who's 2900 he's a tight end and the reason why i'm thinking about going this double tight end is he's twenty nine hundred? He's cheaper than the cheapest of any of these three K wide receivers. And you look at last, uh, you look at, at last week, or the, let's say like the week before last, um, you had Josh Perkins in there for thirty nine percent of snaps. And then last week, when you had Goddard in there, you had Perkins in there for seventy eight percent of snaps. Perkins had a fifteen point game on DraftKings: six targets, four receptions for fifty and a touchdown. They're lining him up out of the slot. He's better than a lot of the wide receivers like Greg Ward and stuff, who they have out there right now. They aren't playing J.J. Arthago wide side at all. They picked up homeboy. Who's, who's that homeboy that threw to Darnold at his pro day, or Darnold threw to his pro day? That asshole they got off the um, oh. Titans. Deontay Burnett. Um, Deontay Burnett. And then uh, – you know i mean who like robert robert davis is kind of interesting he played 78 percent of snaps last week but only two targets on the game no catches i think for this one if we're looking at the philadelphia eagles for once in my life i can get on board with two tight ends and i can play dallas goddard and i can play josh perkins